Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And one of the reasons I like Twitter, one of the reasons I like Twitter is because sometimes it supercharges the speed, if not the uh, cognitive abilities of my brain. It speeds up my brain. It makes my brain work quicker sometimes and sometimes when my brain works quicker. I think of an idea that I should have thought of long ago, but I didn't. So today's podcast is about, which is going to sound really bizarre, Jake Jewell, Dakota Mechas, and trades. Why the heck are you going to talk about Jake Jewell and Dakota Mechas and trades? when neither Jake Jewell or Dakota Mechas has ever been traded by the Cubs. It makes no sense. Uh, eh, eh, eh. Cool your jets. Cool your jets. Recently, as in like four minutes ago, I was in a discussion on Twitter. And someone was talking about the logic of calling up Dakota Mechas either now or very recently. Not a bad idea, though right now probably isn't the ideal time. He's been injured. He has an ERA over the last month over 10. It hasn't been his best moment, but there have been times where calling up Dakota Mechas would have made sense. There have been times where calling up Dakota Mechas would have made sense. However, I'm going to phrase this in about as blunt and honest of a fashion as I can. I don't think there's ever been a moment, and I've been paying rather close attention, especially on the Twitter machine, that Dakota Mechas would be my number one immediate call-up from the 2021 iCubs. I don't think there's ever been a moment where Dakota Mechas was my number one logical call-up from the iCubs. And yeah, I have been paying attention. Back early, back early, back early in early May, you had um, Tommy Nance, who was shredding, absolutely shredding. Tommy Nance belonged in the major leagues. Tommy Nance gets called up for the major leagues. All the people are just major league fans. Oh, crap, why did we call up this guy? He's terrible. I've never heard... Oh, oh, okay, he's okay. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's okay. Shortly after Tommy Nance, it obviously became Justin Steele time. Why are you bringing up this guy? Who's this guy? I've never heard of this guy. Why is this guy here? Oh, okay, he's fine. He he, he can stay. He can stay. Shortly after Justin Steele, it was Keegan Thompson time. And each time there was a player that should be called up, that earned a call-up, that merited a call-up, a lot of times they got the call-up. And frankly, it's not me being smart. It's far from me being smart. It's me listening to Iowa Cubs games and listening to Alex Cohen and Alex Cohen saying, you know, folks, probably about time that the Cubs call up Tommy Nance. So Alex Cohen says, 
Cubs probably ought to call up Tommy Nance. I say, the Cubs probably ought to call up Tommy Nance. Tommy Nance gets called up. He shreds. It's not me being smart. I'm just saying what Alex Cohen said. Dustin Steele, same thing. Keegan Thompson, same thing. Um, and there, Adam Morgan made absolute perfect sense at the time because if the Cubs called him up and he did well, the Cubs would be able to retain him in 2022. If they didn't call him up, if they buried him in AAA, they would necessarily lose him at the end of the season. Necessarily lose him. If they would not call him up, he would become a free agent. Cubs call him up. I don't know. I don't know if this guy's going to be any good. You know, he's kind of old. He's been around. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, okay. He's good. He, he He's worthwhile. Maybe we should keep him on the Major League roster. Um, Rowan Wick, when he came back from injury, he became the guy that should get called up. Manny Rodriguez, when he showed up from AA and started carving through AAA hitters like they were a Thanksgiving turkey, Manny Rodriguez made sense. As uh, before they were called up, Trevor McGill was doing very well. Michael Rucker was doing very well. This isn't me saying it. It's Alex Cohen. He's the guy who's watching the games, announcing the games, telling people, hey, this guy's doing really well. He probably ought to get called up. The Cubs even called up much along the lines of with Adam Morgan, Ryan Meisinger, and Jake Jewell. Same reason. Bring them up. Give them a look. See if they're worth keeping. If they are... Then you play them all the way through the season. If they're not, then you designate them for assignment, let them go, and the Dodgers claim them. There, it's all good, not a problem. At no point in time was Dakota Meccas the pitcher that I was saying the Cubs should call up Dakota Meccas next. Most recently, most recently, most recently, when Jewel and Meisinger were having troubles, or were, yeah, were having troubles with the Cubs, I was noting Scott Efros made sense. Scott Efros should probably be the next call-up. Scott Efros gets called up. Hey, he's doing okay, too. Right now, today, 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 I'm not saying Dakota Meccas should be the next pitcher called up. Right now, I'm saying if the Cubs are going to call up a pitcher, they should call up either Brendan Little or Ethan Roberts. Why? Because they're pitching better than Dakota Meccas. Does that mean that I hate Dakota Meccas and I uh, want him to get forever buried in AAA? No. What it means is Brendan Little and Ethan Roberts are pitching better than Dakota Meccas right now. If Dakota Meccas ends up going in the Rule 5 draft to another team, I wish him well. I'll cheer for him. I'll be all good with it. Whichever team it is. Uh, Dakota Meccas, he got drafted by the Brewers in a Rule 5 draft. Cool, great, kick ass. You know, do a great job. That's what I want Cubs prospects to do. So now, what the hell does all this have to do with trades? This has absolutely nothing to do with trades. 
Well, yeah, really it does. Actually, it has a lot to do with traits. When assessing a trait. When assessing a trade, you should assess what is known when it is known. What is known when it is known. For instance, let's take Alexander Canario. When I heard Alexander Canario was coming over to the Cubs from the Giants, Alexander Canario, I had no idea. I had nothing. I had nothing. I looked at the name. There was no resonance going on. There was no brain function. There was no anything. I no idea. And what I learned off of, oh, 35 seconds worth of reading was, has a really curious sort of a swing plane and has a whole lot of swing and miss. And he's a corner outfielder, not a center fielder. That's basically why I read it. Uh, other than that, it's like, well, I'm figuring, you know, I'm going to be listening to some games of his. He's going to South Bend. I'm going to be listening to some South Bend games. I'll learn some stuff there. And, well, I was under the impression he was going to be like one of these completely immobile outfielders that had no capability of playing center. I'm not going to want Alexander Canario to be the guy the Cubs shift to center field for the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings of a very important game at the major league level. That's not going to be what I want. But if it ends up getting to a situation where, I don't know, it's 2025, and a couple guys need a day off, and somebody has a bad pitching matchup against the starter, and uh, maybe the guy who's the usual center fielder, maybe he's got a little bit of a knee soreness, and he either needs a day off or... Uh, maybe he's going to be the DH today. If the Cubs put out Alexander Canario in center field, it won't be ideal. But he can play center field. Why do I say that? Because he's played in South Bend, and he's done perfectly fine. He's not a major league center fielder. He's not an elite major league center fielder. He's not anywhere close to him. But he can play out there. You watch. You pay attention. You take notes. You think. You take notes on things. And you develop opinions. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be you are given one bit of information and you disregard anything other than that. When more information comes in on a player that the Cubs acquire, more information gets added to the information bank and we know more stuff. It's not a case of you wait until seven or eight years later and say, See, this was a good trade. See, this was a bad trade. You assess the information constantly as you go along. Or, if you can't take the time to do that, then you find someone who does that for you, for the team that you pay attention to, in an article or in a podcast form. Either or, maybe both. Paying attention to AAA pitchers. Paying attention to AAA pitchers is not a one-and-done sort of a thing. It's not a, I'm going to check in early June which pitchers are doing well and assume that for the rest of the entire season, that information is going to remain the same. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Players go on hot streaks. Players go on cold streaks. If a player is pitching really well in AAA, like 
when Justin Steele was carving or Tommy Nance was carving or Manny Rodriguez was carving or Adam Morgan was carving or Trevor McGill was carving, you call them up. Scott Efros, Adrian Sampson did really well for a long time. You call them up. You let them play at the next level. Is there a possible blowback from not having called up Dakota Mekas? Yes, there is. But realistically, unless you are going to play out your 40-man roster, which I strongly recommend for everyone that's a Cubs fan, if you're a serious um, deeper-dive Cubs fan, you should have your 40-man roster somewhat worked on. Um, I tried a couple days ago. I got it down to 40. I could not get it any lower than 40, but I know that by the end of the season... Um, well, it's going to be lower than 40. I don't have enough information now. I just don't have enough information right now. Assessing AAA pitching is not a one-and-done thing. It's like if you have the... Uh, you're, you're, you're trying to get the bath water. You're, you're trying to get the bath water temperature right, and you have... The hot water nozzle to where it is. The cold water nozzle to where it is. And you're feeling the water. Now you want to get the water up to exactly the spot that you want to take the bath. Ooh, I need this a little bit cooler. Ooh, no, 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 no. Now I'm going to want it a little bit hotter. And you want it to the right temperature when it's to the right size. With a minor league pitcher, when it's time to call someone up, you want to know. Who is the guy for right now? Which player makes sense? And this year, due to early injuries, due to July trades, plenty of Cubs pitchers from AAA, heck, Cubs hitters from AAA too, Schwindel, Wisdom, Ortega, Hermosillo, Dykeman, who else we got? Rivas. A uh, whole bunch of catchers. Um, this year, the Cubs have gone through quite a few pitchers. And in general, most of the ones that have gotten called up have earned the call-up. Most of the ones who have gotten called up have generally done pretty well. I'm going to run through the list again. Guys that were completely unfamiliar. So I'm... It, it, it's not going to be Rowan Wick this time. Guys that were completely unfamiliar to most Cubs fans that debuted this year, how have they generally done? I'm going to run through the list. Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, Manny Rodriguez, Tommy Nance, Trevor McGill, Michael Rucker, Adrian Sampson, Scott Efros. That's pretty darn good. As far as guys hitting it out of the park. Or at least doing really well. Throw in Jake Jewell and Ryan Meisinger. It lowers the average a little bit. But they, again, made sense. Because they had to be kept or let loose. The Cubs keep them through the entire end of the season. And let them go at the end of the year. Then they get nothing for them. They ran them through the DFA wire. And got 50000 per. When assessing which pitcher ought to get called up? 
when assessing which outfielder ought to get called up, when assessing which infielder ought to get called up. The best way to decide which guy makes the most sense right now, regardless which level you're talking about, the best way to know which player ought to be getting called up from this level to that level, whether this level is Myrtle Beach to that level South Bend, or this level Iowa to that level Chicago, the best way to know which player makes the most sense to get called up is to be comparing and contrasting those pitchers regularly. Regularly. Not once every three weeks. Not once every seven weeks. Following them as if it's important. Right now, if the Cubs were to call up a pitcher, I'm looking at the clock. It says 11.30, and there's a game at 7 o'clock tonight. Let's say, let's say the Cubs decide to make a move today for whatever reason. And they decide to call up the pitcher. There's three pitchers that make sense. Three pitchers that make sense to get called up from Iowa to Chicago. Three of them and three of them only. Dakota Meccas does not merit it right now. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. Doesn't mean I'm wishing ill upon him. Doesn't mean anything along those lines. Dakota Meccas is not the guy to call up. If the Cubs were to call someone up right now today, and I'm not recommending it, Ben and Little, Ethan Roberts, or Matt Swarmer. Why those three? Because those are the three best pitchers for the I-Cubs now. Those are the three best pitchers. Matt Swarmer is the best starting pitcher for Iowa. If the Cubs want to call someone up to take a starting rotation spot, Matt Swarmer is the guy because over his last 10 outings, he has been doing well. Matt Swarmer is not the guy because I'm saying Matt Swarmer is the guy. Far from it. I can be full of crap just like the next person. Look at his last 10 outings. Look at his numbers. He has been good. He might not do well at the major league level, but he would be the starting pitcher to call up. Ethan Roberts, Brendan Little as relievers. Why? Because they've been the best pitchers recently. Best pitchers as far as success. Best pitchers as far as having pitchers pitches that would probably get major league hitters out more effectively than the other guys on the roster. If you want to know who ought to be being called up, pay attention to games and not entirely the box scores. When I look at the Arizona League box scores, when I look at the Dominican Summer League box scores, I have basically no information. Saw the guy last night, Elian Almanzar, uh, fascinated by his pitching line. Two innings pitch, three hits, two runs, two earned. Two walks, six strikeouts. I'm going to repeat it again. Two innings pitched, three hits, two runs, two earned, two walks, six strikeouts. That sort of a line in Mesa will get you to Mesa and not Myrtle Beach. Fantastic numbers in Mesa. Deserves to get more looks in Mesa. But if he go to Myrtle Beach, 
those two walks and two innings would be far more notable than the six strikeouts and two innings, as opposed to Zachary Lee, two innings yesterday, nothing, 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 six strikeouts and a hit by pitch. That will get you to Myrtle Beach. Usually you can't tell by looking at a box score when a player is screaming for a call-up. Usually you're best off listening to or watching said games because the announcer will tell you if you're listening and the announcer and your eyes will tell you if you're watching. If you want to accurately assess something, if you want to accurately assess something, if you want to accurately assess something as far as which player ought to be being promoted from this level to the next level, pay attention to that level. Pay attention. Do you want to know who ought to get called up from South Bend, Tennessee? Do you really want to know who ought to get called up from South Bend to Tennessee? Listen to South Bend games. Listen to South Bend games. Watch South Bend games. Pay active attention to South Bend games. Then you'll have a really good idea. Hey, this guy's doing really well, and it sounds like he's a whole lot better than the hitters at this level. Call him up. That's how you know. That's how you know. It's not, I've been following this guy since 2018 or 2019 or 2017 or whatever year it was, and... I want him to get a break, and I've always wanted him to get to the main. The I Cubs this year called up Justin Steele at the right time. The I Cubs called up Keegan Thompson at the right time. They called up Manny Rodriguez and Tommy Nance. And let's see now who else is on this list again. Uh, Trevor McGill, Adam Morgan. Michael Rucker, Adrian Sampson, Scott Efros, Jake Jewell, and Adam Meisinger. All of them got called up at the right time. Some of them worked out more successfully at the major league level than others, but they were all called up at the right time. Now is not the right time to call up Dakota Mathis. He's been injured. He's been struggling. Could it be that Dakota Mathis gets plucked in the Rule 5 draft by another team? Yeah, it's possible. It's also possible that he won't because, after all, as teams look at his um, display of numbers, he has an ERA over 10 the last 30 days. Does that mean that's who he is as a pitcher? No, not even remotely. But when a team is trying to decide, is this guy going to be worth keeping on the roster for the entire season next season? Dakota Mackis, the answer may be no. The answer may be no. Or it may be yes, we're going to try to bring him in and attempt to keep him, and possibly he'll get most of the way through spring training or possibly a little bit of the way into the major leagues. Can't keep him. Not, not going to be able to keep him. He ends up coming back to the Cubs. Not a problem. And if he does do well, I still think Brendan Little... And Ethan Roberts make more sense long-term. Free time as a Cubs fan. When you're not watching the Cubs game, you're not watching another game across the league, you're not doing like house chores or 
um, helping the kids with the homework or whatever it is that you're doing. Just work on what you think the 40-man roster ought to be. Work on what you think the 40-man roster is going to be. And when I, when I say that, if you're going to cast aside Jason Hayward because you don't like him or he doesn't have a very high OPS or he makes too much money or whatever, well, you're doing a different experiment than I am. I'm trying to put together the players that really, truly, actually are going to be the 40-man roster. Do the thinking. Do the homework. Do the research. Do the contemplation. Figure out which guys actually belong. Which guys are going to be on the 40-man roster because no matter how much time you put into it, you're going to have that one question mark. I just don't know. I still have Dylan Maple's center column. So I have Trevor McGill, Adam Morgan, Michael Rucker, Adrian Sampson, Scott F. Ross, center column. Scott F. Ross is scooting very close to the left column. He's almost certainly in. But as you try to figure out who will be on the 40-man roster, there are only 40 spots. There are only 40 spots. You can't keep Danias Correa and Brendan Little and Ethan Roberts and Ethan Young or um, Jared Young and Nelson Velazquez and Cam Sanders and Eduarniel Nunez and Dakota Mekas and, and Brandon Hughes and Gabriel Jaramillo. You can't keep them all. You can't. You can only limit it to 40. And when I say 40, I basically mean 34 or 35. Because at some point during the offseason, the Cubs are going to want to add some talent. They're going to either want to sign someone off the DFA wire. Or they're going to sign a free agent. Do a little bit of both. Possibly make a trade. Add a guy in the 40-man roster that way. The adult thing to do from now until November 19th. In December 3rd, the adult thing to do for Cubs fans is to roll through the 40-man roster one more time, one more time, one more time. And each night, each day there's a game, each day there's more information. Assess the information and the stuff that you thought four or five months ago. Burn it. Burn the stuff that you were thinking four or five months ago. Because the stuff that you were thinking four or five months ago, if you still think it and it still completely makes sense, you should have um, you should have burned it and it should have been brought back. You know, kind of like a phoenix sort of a thing. Wow, that was a, that was a very sloppy uh, analogy. But assess the 40 men. Assess the 40-man, and if you can come up with a 40-man roster that you are comfortable with that has Dakota Mekas on it, more power to you. More power to you. But there are quite a few options, quite a few players at the major league level who are doing a lot better than most of us thought they would. Michael Rucker's numbers aren't that good, but his stuff looks filthy on a good day. 
So yeah, if you want a non-tender Michael Rucker over his, I don't know what his ERA is, 8.6, maybe it's 9.7. If you want a DFA, or if you want to non-tender him in December over his earned run average, well, you're entitled to. But I'm not sold on that yet. I still have more information to go through. I still have more games to pay attention to. And some of the decisions will come down to October. Some of the decisions will come down to October. Assessing players for the offseason. Assessing trades. The more times you run through an exercise, the more times you check, is this a logical thing to be doing? Is this a useful thing to be doing? The more times you train your mind to run through the activities that get you better at assessing who should be on the 40-man roster this offseason. They're probably rather helpful, at least for that <laughs> angle of life. Uh, might not be very helpful for other other things going on in the universe. But running through the basics of which players should be on the 40-man roster, which players should not. I don't know if Dakota Mechas should be protected or not. I think if he's left unprotected, there's a legitimate chance he will not be selected. And as close as the Cubs are on having really close to 34, 35, 36, 37 players that will belong on the list. Adding an unnecessary doesn't seem optimal. Assessing minor league talent works better if you're paying attention more often than less often. Cubs have called up quite a few pitchers this year, quite often, far more expected than for most. It's worked. And they still have some pitchers that are good down there. Assess, assess, assess. Figure out, does this guy belong? Does this guy not belong? And decide what you're basing your opinion on, and roll with it. If your opinion continues, continues to be useful, accurate, worth monitoring, keep it up. If it needs to be uh, straightened out a bit, if it needs to be fixed, go with that. Assess, 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 and don't forget to reassess the assessor. Enough current Cubs relievers belong on the 40-man roster. And enough relievers in AAA or elsewhere belong on the 40-man roster. Dakota Mekas is a tough call. Feel free to make it if you want. Feel free to make it if you want. But until you have nailed down, this is my 40-man roster for the offseason, which I haven't, haven't even finished yet. Until you've nailed that down, it's really tough to guarantee Mecca's a spot if you're doing it in a logical, let's do this in the best way possible fashion. Possibly he belongs. 
Possibly he doesn't. But assessing the available information, whether in which player deserves to get called up or how a trade developed through the years, assess what's known, assess what's not known, keep assessing. That's the best way to do it. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Tuesday. And Adrian Sampson starts for the Cubs against Cincinnati tonight. I'm thinking there will be some reactions and maybe some overreactions. Have a great day.